Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Giving Hope Podcast. Sorry, it's been a long time, but I have had a lot of things going on in my family, and it has been a doozy of a few months. I needed to get my head wrapped around it, and it was a lot of spiritual warfare that I've talked about quite a bit in a lot of podcasts. Um, You know the podcast with um, Camille was about spiritual warfare. Clarissa Bell was about um, spiritual warfare. There are so many um, people out there that are truly struggling, not with just uh, reaping what they've stoned, spiritual warfare, the warfare of the flesh, but actual demonic attacks on their family. And I believe it is very strategic. And we're going to share about that today. So buckle up, sit tight, grab your coffee, grab your tea, um, and let's go. Okay, let's get started. So spiritual warfare, it comes in all kinds of forms. You can war in worship. You can war in your obedience. That alone, obeying the word of God and letting it be the lamp and the light to your path alone screams at the enemy who you belong to. That alone. I mean, we can literally end it there. I obey the Lord. Who do you obey? The Lord. Whose voice do you listen to? The Lord. Not just the Lord. And I get the Lord can represent a generic God, but I'm talking about the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The one who's going to split the sky open. Yahweh, Jehovah, um, God of all gods, King of all kings, the creator of all, the one who is and is to come, Jesus, Messiah, that Lord. When you declare that he is the Lord, he is your Lord, that alone, that alone will send the enemy fleeing. Because think about it. Whenever you think about the armor of God, we always, and I've taught this many times before, but I think it needs to be reiterated over and over and over again until we get it to where it just permeates through us. When you think about the armor of God, you start with the helmet, correct? You start with the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation is telling the enemy, whenever I think of anything, whatever I do, and whenever I'm thinking, I'm thinking the way God wants me to think. Therefore, my heart lines up because your thinking will get into your heart and dictate your belief system. And then whatever comes out of your heart will come out of your mouth. Whatever's in your heart will come out of your mouth. It is very vital. The helmet of salvation. Salvation is very vital. What is he blinking his lights for? I'm driving, by the way. And I don't know if there's something in the road up here. Home dude just blinked. Um, It could be a police officer or a wreck. (laughs) Um, I might edit that out. Okay, so... The helmet is very vital. Like right now, I'm driving. I have my phone next to me. I'm talking in the car. You'll hear the sound of the engine and everything like that. But before I drive, I visually and I think not only do I speak, but I also think about the Lord when I'm driving. 
I think, Lord, send your angels ahead of me, making every crooked place straight and every rough place smooth. Because your plans are not to harm me, but to bless me. And I am submitted to you fully, Lord Jesus, in every decision that I make. Whenever I think on things and during the day, whether it's cleaning my house, talking and loving on my husband and my children, I think on the Lord. So I am in right standing with you. I try. I seek you daily. So Lord, go before me. Go before me on this road. Thank you for your favor and with all the drivers around me that they will be full of wisdom and not be, um, just be carefree and just doing whatever they want to do. But Lord, I just speak protection over my life and I declare that that is spiritual warfare. When you tell the Lord, I am trusting you completely that you will get me to my destination because I know how much you love me. And you don't want me to die a death on the road. You don't want my life to end at 44. You don't want that for me. That is not the plan. You are not a a spiteful, you know, fickle God that you play with the lives of people around you, no matter what the world wants to think. That is not how it works. You set up a plan and your plan is as concrete as gravity. It's as concrete as weather and seasons. It's concrete. And I trust you. I trust you with my life. Now, because we live in a fallen world, if anything happens to me, and I do go to uh, go to heaven early because I live in a fallen world and that can happen, then I'm still going to rejoice because I'll be with you. From, absent from the body is present with the Lord. That is spiritual warfare. Because what you're doing is you're telling the enemy, no matter what you throw at me, I will rejoice. Whether, like Paul, I'm shipwrecked, I'm poisoned, I'm beaten, I'm scourged, I'm ran out of town, I'm imprisoned, I'm hanged by shackles. It doesn't matter what you throw at me, Satan or this fallen world, it's the sin nature of men, I will live a joyful life. I will find joy in every single thing. Because no matter what it is, either God will refine me through it, and he'll teach me through it, which will make me a better steward of the gifting and the life that he has given me, and the gifting of being a parent, and the gifting of being a wife, or I will see him again. Either way, I win. Either way, I rejoice. You see what I'm saying? That is spiritual warfare. It's counting it all. Counting it all joy. The enemy wants us to count it all sorrowful. He wants us to count it all as something that we should worry and stress and and just freak out about at every single turn. But that is not how God set up this kingdom. This is why he really almost rebuked the children of Israel when they were asking for a king. He was like, I am your king. Do you understand that whenever you have me go before you, enemies become confused and attack each other. You never, you never lose a battle when I am your king. But you will lose battles if you make men your king. If you make kingdoms of this world that are subject to the fallen nature of this world your king. Don't do that. I am all you need. I am the one who created all this. I am is I am. And he tried to nail that, drive that in. And it finally, he had to send his son because it was like, you're never going to get it. And even then we don't get it because 
we don't see. We want there to be an earthly fix to a heavenly problem. And when I say heavenly, I'm talking about the heavenlies where the principalities and rulers lie. Do you understand me? Because we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against principalities and rulers in high places that want to seek out dominion over this land that God created for us. We have to take this seriously. We have to. So whenever you're wondering why is this or that happening, understand that it's because of a depraved mind that doesn't know who they are. The helmet is missing. Salvation is missing. Or the revelation of salvation is missing. Some people get the basic kindergarten level understanding of salvation. Heaven, good, hell, bad. Jesus saved me. I'm going. I will be with him one day, even if I'm broken, even if I'm um, a little dented, even if I don't get it right, I'm still going because I truly believe Jesus is the son of God. And I profess with my mouth and I believe that he's, he's it. I might go by the skin of my teeth, but I'll go. And that's very primitive. That is very elementary level. That's like saying that I learned how to read, but all I could do is sound out basic consonants and vowels. No, but can you read great works of literature? Can you even read the Bible? Well, no, I usually let the pastor read it for me because it's just so hard to understand. Well, yes, as a child, yeah, Bibles are hard to understand. But if you're constantly in the word, the Holy Spirit is here to help us. He is our helper. He helps us understand. He reveals the mysteries of the word of God. So in any season of your life, you can read the word of God because it's living and you can understand it anew. Like I have read scriptures in the Bible that I've read a million times. For instance, going back to the whole thing of God is our king and he is our victorious king and no matter what, he will win. I was listening to a lady on on TikTok of all places And she was talking about the scripture in Isaiah whenever he enters into the Holy of Holies. And he, you know, the scripture where it tells that they, he says that my lips are unclean and the angel gets the coal from the altar and he cleanses his lips. And he begins to describe the Lord Almighty that is seated on the throne. And he said the train of his robe fills the temple. And in Isaiah's time, whenever kings rode into the town victorious, The train of their robe symbolized how many victories he's won because at that time, whenever a king conquered another king or ruler, he would take off the end of his train and he would attach it to his own. So his robe would grow. The more victories he won, the more his train would grow. The train of his robe would grow. And so whenever you saw your king ride through town after a battle and his robe was extensively long, you understand that your king is mighty. Well, whenever Isaiah is looking upon the Lord of Lords inside of the temple of God, in the throne room of God, he says the train of his robe filled the temple. And you have to think, this is not a man-made temple where there are limits. The universe, all of creation is his temple. The word says the whole earth is filled with his glory. That means his train fills the earth and everything that he has created. That is the temple. And every heart of every man is the temple of the Lord. And it fills the temple. Isn't that amazing? 
That means our God doesn't lose. He is victorious in every battle, in every situation. He is a victorious God. Hallelujah. That's who we serve. That's the identity that we need to grasp and understand. That the enemy is trying his hardest to confuse and alter our perception of who God is and who we are. That is spiritual warfare. That is spiritual warfare. We have to understand that we are children of the Most High. We have the breath of God Himself, Yahweh, inside of us. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within us to quicken our mortal body. That is an amazing thought. That is a precious gift He has given us. And it is up to us to live out our life in reverence to that gift, in honor to that gift. You know, I have this cabinet in my house and I'm holding it for my mom and dad because they don't have the space for it right now. But inside of the cabinet are little history pieces of my family on my mom's side of the family. China that my great-grandmother had her wedding china, um, her eyeglasses from the 1920s, and photographs, and just really beautiful um, memories that we have saved and cherished over the years, and we have placed it in a, in a place of honor, you know, in this cabinet, you know, we don't look at it all that often, we just kind of store it in there, but it's, it's still very, um, precious to us and we keep it dusted and cleaned and and placed very gently whenever we move or go places that we have to move the the china or the cabinet we take very good care of it wrapping it specifically and to ensure that it doesn't get banged or dented or cracked because how heartbreaking that the the china that my great grandparents ate at on their on their wedding first year wedding anniversary was cracked because I was so careless and didn't take care of it and uh, and respect and honor their long marriage you know we take such good care of natural things and we we hold them in such honor and places even photographs of family members that have gone on even though they didn't live perfectly righteous lives we still honor the stuff that they did and and the name that they gave and and certain things but when it comes to the lord when it comes to the holy spirit living within us when it comes to the giftings that he has placed upon our lives we handle it like it's a circular, you know, newspaper that we, we get in the mail every so often. We get what we need from it and then we throw it away. What would the body of Christ look like? Especially American body of Christ. What would it look like if we took what God has given us and placed it and used it in our life as something as precious as we do China? as precious as we do memorabilia, little trinkets that our, even our children have made with their little hands. I mean, how powerful would we be? What kind of revival would take place 
if we took care of the giftings God has placed inside of us, if we revered the salvation that was given to us by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, where would we go and what would we be able to do? You know, we get glimpses of this whenever we hear of stories of, of um, Smith Wigglesworth and um, Carrie Tenbaum and Corey Tenbaum and, and, um, and all these different, like, just amazing forebearers of, of faith. John Wesley and, and just amazing men and women who stepped out in the gifting. They weren't perfect, but they used until their final breath the gifting that God placed on their life. I mean, praise God. That's amazing. Think of yourself that way. Don't let the enemy rob you of that identity. And then it doesn't matter what you've done. What matters is what you do with what you've done. You repent and move on and allow God's refreshing healing oil of his Holy Spirit and the love of the water of his word flow over you and as like a refreshing new ointment, making you a new holy vessel for his spirit. Or do you spend that time in anxiety, a fear of all the shoulda, coulda, wouldas and the what ifs of this world? And I get it. I realize that no matter what we do, it's still filthy rags compared to the glory of God. But he still thinks what we have is precious because he gave it to us. He gave it to us to be stewards of. He wants us to steward it. He wants us to shepherd those giftings in our lives and submit to the Holy Spirit and allow those things to be cultivated and grown not to be buried in the dirt because we are fearful of the what if. We know what Jesus thinks about people like that. He calls us slothful. I don't want to be called slothful. I want to hear the well done. You knew it was hard. You weren't dealt a good hand, but it didn't matter. You worked and you fought to bring honor to the kingdom. To be a a well-done representation of the kingdom of God. By loving your fellow man. By forgiving those who have hurt you. And by standing. And standing strong in the identity that he bought with his precious blood. That is spiritual warfare. Standing. And with all you can keep standing. That's my prayer for you today. My prayer for you is that no matter what is going on in your life right now, that the enemy is exposed for who he is in your life and that you have the strength to resist him. Resist your flesh, cultivate self-control and be a steward of what God has given you. I know it's not going to be perfect and it's not going to be easy. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, you can do it. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You can preach the gospel. You can pray for your husband and your wife. You can pray for your children. You can forgive your parents for being abusive. You can forgive your rapist. You can. You can do it because you are free. 
and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And the life God wants you to live is a life without bondage of sin, bondage of condemnation. He does not want you bound. He wants you free. He wants you to see the freedom that he purchased for you and understand that he loves you very, very much. That you are beautiful in his eyes. You are a beautiful creation. He doesn't love you more than the mountains. He doesn't love you less than the mountains. He doesn't love the mountains more than you. He doesn't love the the beautiful wildflowers more than you. You have the breath of God inside of you. You have the holy Ruach HaKodesh inside of you. And that's the Holy Spirit. I probably butchered it, but that is the Holy Spirit in Hebrew not some crazy mumbo jumbo for those of you kind of hearing it for the first time. I know I butchered it. But you get what I'm saying. You are precious and priceless. That's why there's only one of you. Even if you're a twin or triplet or quadruplet, there's still only one of you. And he has called you for such a time as this. I love you guys. I hope you are having a blessed day. I hope that you live a day that honors the Lord and that you find the forgiveness and the restoration that you need to bring peace and self-control into your life. Not listening to the waves and winds of doctrine, but standing firm on the solid foundation that is the word of God, Jesus himself. I love you guys. I hope you have a blessed, amazing day, whatever day you listen to this on. And you have a life filled with hope and peace in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you guys for listening to Giving Hope. Please be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see y'all next week.